You guys are looking good. 2023 was good to you. You're all smiley and happy, well-fed, clothed, most of you in your right mind. Just kidding. Like my wife was saying, I'm kind of sad that 23 is over. I really, really am. It's like devastating. It's like losing a child. No, it's not. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know, 23 for me has, has always been my favorite number ever since I was a teenager. I just love that number. And does anybody have a favorite number? Why do you have a favorite number? It's just a number that you love, right? If you don't have one, it's okay. We won't judge you. <laughs> and um, growing up in South Africa, I had made a decision that on my 23rd birthday, I'd be a millionaire. I was going to be loaded at age 23. When I was 19 years old, I, I started working as a manager in the wrong environment, I guess. But... I was learning. You, know, you learn in the world. And um, then when I was 20 years old, I, I got the opportunity to manage a nightclub. And when I was 22 years old, I had already saved all the money to open my own club with my best friend, DJ. And at age 23, I lost everything and just escaped with my life. But you know what was really great about 2023 for me? is the year that I surrendered completely and wholeheartedly to serve God when I was 23. That was the year where I died to my will, my wants, my way, everything that I had planned for my life. It was how I was going to be successful. It was how I was going to make a name for myself. It was going to be how I could prove to my father that I could be successful. It was for me to show that I had it in me to reach the top. And that worldly mindset is so destructive because you don't care who you walk over to get to where you want to go. And so many of my friends got hurt and went through some serious things because of the environment we were in. So many relationships were tore up and broken. And when you live running after money, fame, and success, when that is your goal, your life is miserable. Because it's a fight every day for you to, to achieve your goal, and you have to do it all in your own strength. And I didn't know there was another way. Look at the person next to you say, there's another way. There's another life. And it's, it's a life where you run after God wholeheartedly, seeking first the kingdom of God and living righteously. And when you find that way of living... Your whole life changes. The way you think, the way you speak, the way you act, the way you do everything. It's not about taking anything from anyone. 
It's only about being a blessing to the people around you. The one is a life of self-centeredness. The other one is a life of the agape love of God. And being self-centered is, is bad. It's so bad. I got the medals. I got the trophies. I got the movies on that. It's horrible. I was a miserable person. I woke up every day miserable. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like my life. I want to change everything about me. And I tell you, when I surrendered, it was the most amazing moment of my life because I gave up the fight. Look at the person next to you say, stop fighting God. Stop living in the flesh and fully surrender. Give your life to God. Say, I am encouraging you. Fully surrender. Give your life to God. It'll be the best decision you've ever made. And so that's where it began. And I remember on my 23rd birthday sitting at a coffee table in my brother's house. Having just escaped certain death by the grace of God. And I sat there and I realized that I had completely screwed my life up. It was one of those rock bottom moments where I realized... Man, I did everything absolutely wrong. And the only thing that was real to me was my encounter with God at age 16. And that was like so real in that moment. And I, I said, everything else has failed me. Everything, everyone else has left me. I have no money. I've lost the vision. I've lost my dream. I almost gave up my life. And that was the day that I found God. And I made a decision in my heart that I would run after knowing Him every day of my life. That would be my only pursuit. That would be my only objective was to please Him and live a life of seeking Him. And that's what I've done for the last 27 years. I know what it is to live without God. And I know what it is to live with God. 23 years of my life without Him was a living hell. The last 27 with Him? My, my, my. When I rocked up in America, America. What kind of America? Just the fact that the Lord opened the doors for me to move here and live in my childhood dream. That happened because I surrendered my life to Him. I, I wanted to live in America so bad. I wanted to live between Miami and Orlando. It was in my heart. If I want to go to Miami Beach, I'm right there. If I want to go to Disney, I'm right there. I want to live in the heat. I don't want no cold, snowy place. I want to be near the ocean. I wish we had some mountains like California, but we don't. I can go visit Cape Town every now and then. It'll be okay. We'll fly to... I won't go to California right now. We'll go to Cape Town. I think, I think Cape Town is as beautiful as California. It's absolutely beautiful. Who wants to go? Raise your hand. Father, I thank you that you make a way for them to see 
the country of my birth, God, that they get to experience Cape Town. Before, before the end of these 10 years, we'll have pure tours and we'll be we'll taking people over there. Got a feeling inside my bones. Yeah, Dr. Tracy, we can add that to your plate. You know, being the education director is not enough already and running Bible schools and doing all my personal things. And now we'll just make you the tour guide. <laughs> yes. Where was I in my discussion here? Cape Town got me distracted. In America, living right here. And, you know, look at the person next to you. Tell them if you're not living the dream, you're not living at all. And I want to live in the dreams God has for my life. I, I try to live in the dreams I had for my life. That didn't work. But when I discovered God's dreams for my life, and there's some deep desires that are in your heart that God put there, that you didn't put there. they things that, that have always been there that will never leave you, like the number 23. Like living in America. I grew up in White City, and we live in White City. How do you go from White City, South Africa, to White City, Fort Pierce? Why would I want to live here and it have the same name? And I don't even know it has the same name. There's just a place where God has purpose for you to be in different seasons. And man, if you can ever be like the prophet Elijah and here, go down to the brook. Because I got the ravens that I've commanded to feed you there. Go to Zarephath for the, the widow woman going to take care of you. It might not make sense to you, but when you know that it comes out of the mouth of God and you find that place, you step into the covering and the blessing of God. I mean, there's a lot of wealthy areas. We could live in West Palm Beach. We could live in Stewart. We could live anywhere else. Fort Pierce, the lowest income bracket. You cross the border between Port St. Lucie and Fort Pierce, you need a passport. This is like a foreign country. Fort Pierce has got a bad name. Nobody wants to live in Fort Pierce. But this is where God sent us. This is where God sent you. And we are here because God has called us here in this time and in this season with purpose and with an assignment. Can you say amen? Look at somebody and say, you've got to fully surrender your life to the Lord. Look at somebody else and tell them, you have to fully, F-U-L-L-Y, fully, wholeheartedly, your time, your talents, your treasure, your temple, your tongue, the good, the bad, and the ugly, everything, your family, everything you own, everything you think, you got to surrender it all to the Lord. You've got to come to that place where you say, my life is not my own. I live and I live only for God. 
And if you're going to make that decision, that means as a dead person. Look at the person next to you say, as a dead person. Say, I have died. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what it means to truly come to the place of the end of you. Where you don't have opinions anymore. Where you're not always giving people your opinion, your your five cents. Was it 50 cents? I don't know what it is. Two cents? I was being generous. I went from 5 to 50. I was going the wrong way. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Got my back, bro. When you come to the end of yourself, it doesn't matter what people think about you. It doesn't matter what people say about you. Their opinions don't matter because you find your identity in Christ and who God says you are. And there is a process to come to this place of death. Look at somebody and say, it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. But you will get there. <laughs> say, you'll get there. But you've got to keep moving towards it. Amen. And Jesus said, if you don't pick up your cross daily, once you've come to the place where you've died and you've surrendered and you're serving, then every day you've got to pick up your cross And daily you have to make a decision that you're going to live for God today. It's the only day that you live in is today. I'll do it. You keep putting it off. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. No, today is the day that you are alive in. Now is the moment that you're in. And it's in this moment and in every moment that you have to choose to live for the Lord. That means in every decision you make, it's either to please the flesh Pastor Selena was reading in Galatians chapter 6. You're either living to please the flesh, which will always bring destruction. Look at someone and say, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. If he sows into the flesh, he's going to reap destruction. Guaranteed. But if you sow into the Spirit, you're going to reap life. Life everlasting. So I started talking about why, why I'm going to miss 2023. 2023 for me is not just my favorite year. But in 2005, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I'm going to restore your family. You're going to start a business. You're going to expand that business. You're going to build a home and it'll be debt free. And you'll have an international ministry. I had a 45-minute session with the Lord where he laid all of this out for me, and I wrote it down. And I was nowhere near what God had said. I was in a seeker-sensitive church. That'll destroy you. A seeker-sensitive church. A seeker-sensitive church is where the Holy Ghost has no room to move. 
You can't talk about heaven. You can't talk about hell. You don't make people feel uncomfortable. You tell them motivational messages. You tickle their ears so that they feel good about themselves, so that they keep coming back. You put them through a cattle run, a one-hour service. There's no healing. There's no moves of the whole, no moves of the spirit. You just want their money. Get them. It's, it's buildings, bodies, and bucks. It's a business. It is not a family where the presence of God will come and speak to his people. It's held by man. It keeps you out of the kingdom, and there's no freedom for what you're going through because there's no power to set the captive free. I was in the heart of that cutthroat industry. I saw what it was all about. Being immersed in that for four years, staff meetings were more brutal than any business meeting I've ever sat in. And that was weekly. And I'm so thankful I went through those four years. So that we do not have programs here at Pure. We pursue the presence. Can you say amen? I'm so glad that I got to witness what that world was all about. And that I, I made sure that that wasn't part of what we did ever. Can you say amen? And I watched how that thing came to an end. A destructive end. Seeker-sensitive church. So coming out of that, you don't have faith. You don't know where God is. You don't feel God. It's like there's a total disconnect between you and the Lord. And all of the, the right foundations had to be reestablished. There was a lot of hurt in me. There was a lot of stuff I was carrying from my childhood. There was a lot of stuff that I hadn't dealt with that I just shoved under the rug that I stuck in the closet, that I put in the attic. And you, you suppress all this stuff. And then you gotta, you got you to be spiritual. you got to lead people to Jesus with all of this stuff in you. And it's a work. Ministry was a work for me. It was like a job. You had to do all these things. But it didn't flow from personal relationship with the Lord. And that had to be reconnected. And that had to be restored because I lost it. And you have to be very careful about the environments that you put yourself in and you put your kids in. Because the world is designed to shut the light of God and the life of God out of you. And if you compromise and you submit to that or you hang around it long enough, it gets on you. It really does get on you. And so we surround ourselves with anointed people that have vision, that know God, that live righteous lives, that, 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 that have an assignment from God, and they know where they're going. And it's important for you to do the same. Stay connected to the right people, because God not only has the right place for you, He's got the right people for you to connect to. And so looking back, you know, today I'm looking not only back at the year 2023, but I'm looking back from when the Lord brought me to America in 1998 and what God has done in the last 25 years. I came with a, I came with a bag. 
with some clothing in. That wasn't even really nice clothing. I had no money. I had like $20 in cash. I owed my mom 1500 bucks for my plane ticket to come here. But I came with a word from God. And I have stood on that. And I have run after God with everything that I have. And in the last 25 years, 26 years almost, what God has built through, through my life is absolutely insane. He firstly gave me a woman. A woe man. Woo! Spicy. He knew exactly what I needed. Beat the tar out of me, you know. Get me on, on track. Be the balance to the force. Did anybody write Christmas cards last week after I explained my Christmas card? Nobody? It's horrible. Be inspired for next year. My Christmas card is a Hallmark card. Maybe I'll produce it and then give it to you guys. But she's the fuse in my dynamite. She's the fire in my charcoal grill. She's the bubbles in my Red Bull. She's the parsley in my tabbouleh. And she's the five fire pepper sauce on my chicken tenders. Without her, I am incomplete. I love you 3,000. That's the most epic Christmas card ever. Didn't even say Merry Christmas. <laughs> it was an expression of my love. When you find God and you find your assignment, you find your partner. That's what we have to teach our kids. Don't find the person first. Find, find God first. Find your purpose. And then the right partner comes along in due season. Can you say amen? I didn't know that until recently. You know, the last 25 years. But we can teach it to our kids. And you don't marry for love. What? You marry for purpose. What are you purposed to do together in God? It's important as a foundation in your marriage. What are we here together to do for the Lord? That's the assignment. And in that place, the agape love of God will keep you strong. Because together you are one serving the Lord. Human love is conditional love. Human love is, as long as you're doing what pleases me, I love you. But as soon as you don't meet my needs anymore, I don't love you and I don't need you. That's, that's got strings attached to it. You don't need that kind of love. And you don't have to sell yourself out to someone just to be loved. Because you're feeling lonely. Can you say amen? Say oh me. <laughs> oh my. 
Lord Jesus. And I tell you, what's so great about our marriage is that everything we have, we built together. We, we both started with nothing. We both pursued the Lord. We both worked hard. We, gave, we sacrificed whatever needed to be sacrificed so that we could do what God wanted us to do. We didn't care about having a big wedding. We didn't care about anything. The only thing we cared about was being together. And that's the only thing we still care about, is being together. And even this morning, we're just sitting in the bathroom, Misty in the tub and me standing there by the sink. And just talking about all the good things God has done in the last year. All the things God is showing us that are still to come. And we're so excited. We just live in joy every single day. Because we're living in a finished work. Look at the person next to you say, it's a finished work. Say, when you find the work that God has for you, it is a finished work. You enter into a place of rest and you just let it unfold day by day. You don't have to figure it out. You just trust the Lord and just walk it out day by day by day. And enjoy one another. When your mind is on money, there is no peace in your heart. When your mind is on what things cost and how much I don't have and you're in calculation, you're completely out of peace. You don't sleep at night. You worry. But when you set your heart on the love of God and loving other people, making that the priority in your life, all these things shall be added unto you. It's kingdom living. It doesn't make any sense. It's about laying down your life to serve the people around you. It's about you giving your life to make somebody else's life better. It's about you understanding the grace that's been given to you and extending that grace to other people. And it's not just about giving people stuff and serving people hand and foot and being kind and gentle. It's about bringing them the Christ at the end of the day. Because it, it doesn't matter. We can feed kids in Kenya. We can help orphans. We can dig wells. We can build buildings. But if they don't get Jesus, they're going to hell at the end of the day. And so, yes, we meet the needs of people. But at the end of the day, we bring them the greatest gift that they could ever receive. And that's Jesus Christ. Amen. 286 people saved in the last two months because we dug a well. A hundred, almost 100 people attending church in eight weeks. And they don't even have a building. They're on the ground by the well. And so like, like my wife said, you know, the last... This last year, we, we've been believing the Lord for a home. There were many times where we wanted to step out and do it, but there's a timing for it. And this year, we actually moved into our house. Do you, I don't even think you understand what that even does. When God says, 
you are going to start a business. You're going to expand the business, which we've been doing. Then you're going to build a home and launch an international ministry. That happened this year. So when you know that you are in the fulfillment of a prophetic word over your life, it is a finishing season. And the very thing God said He'd do with His mouth, He fulfilled with His hand. And you're living in the reality of that moment. It's like a crowning to my year. 2023 has been a year where I feel like I have been so blessed by the Lord. It's beyond because God fulfilled His promises to me. And I'm living in the reality of those promises. And I am, I am beside myself because God has been so good to me. No, no, we launched Club Pure in South Africa. That happened this year. I got to take my family with me. My kids got to see the launch of our international ministry. Do you know the value in that? They're going to they're gonna take this thing to other nations because they saw us break international barriers. Do you know that whatever you grow up under, you'll reproduce? My dad and mom, they had always had their own business. I think we think launching stuff all the time because I watch my parents do it all the time. My kids are growing up not only under the power and the presence of God and a solid word in God, but they're watching us take territory for the kingdom. They grew up in this whole thing and they watched us move and take territory in another country. That is in them. It's, we, we have two locations right now, three locations. You grow up bouncing around between locations, having two, three locations. That's a franchise. That's normal to them. It's not like, oh, you know, hopefully one day we'll have a franchise and we'll have multiple locations. No, That's, that ceiling is already shattered. Which nation are we going to take? Look at somebody and say generational blessing, generational increase. He's, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a generational God, and He wants to work through the family line. But if we can't get our family together, how's God going to multiply? How's He going to bring the multiplication, that momentum that Pastor Mike was talking about? How is that going to go to the next generation? So they're going to take it where we could net. We just laid the foundation. So many things happened this year. We bought five acres of land in Turkana. Not only were we in South Africa, we took territory in Kenya. We dug a well. We got a church established. People are giving their lives to the Lord every day. We've got a center in South Africa that has after-school care getting ready to launch preschool when we go back next year. In two years, we will be, have established what took us like eight, ten years to build here. We've done it in two years over there. And if we keep at the current rate of expansion, we'll have a school in there 2025. A pure academy is coming next. 
And so my heart is sad because God has fulfilled everything He promised to me. It's happy, but it's sad. Because the season is over, in a sense. But in the midst of this, the Lord has transitioned us into something brand new. Go to Mark chapter 4. Let me, let me read a, a, a scripture. I haven't quoted enough. Let me actually read one. Go to Mark. And this is what I want you to do before midnight tonight is I want you to look back at your year. And I want you to see all the things God has done for you. Take count of everything the Lord has done for you. Write them down. I have a whole page of things written down. The fact that my daughter got accepted into River University is, is part of the worship team at Pastor Rodney's church. I got saved under his ministry when I was 16 years old. I could never go to his Bible school. I had to do everything through DVD and VHS and tape. That's how I learned from that ministry. My daughter actually gets to go on the campus. She gets to do something that I've always had in my heart to do. And sometimes it, the dream isn't for us, but the dream happens through our kids. Do you know that my son is the next me? My daughter is the next Misty. It's the next you. How are you setting yourself up? I want my ceiling to be my kid's floor. I want my kids to enjoy their inheritance before I die. I want to see my kids living in it. Can you say amen? You know what I feel like is happening today? God is stretching you guys. In the spirit, you're being stretched to believe him for bigger, for bigger. Like limitations are being popped off you. If I could come to this country, 1,500 in debt, and we're managing multi-million dollar stuff now, what can God do through you? You're a local. I didn't have to relearn everything. I didn't have to figure this thing out. You guys know it. You just have to step into it and run after it because you can achieve anything you want to achieve in this country. There's not limitations like in Africa. When we go back to Africa now, eight hours a day there's no electricity. How do you operate? 16 hours out of the day with electricity. They cut it at, what, 6 a.m. in the morning? Right when you got to get ready for work. What other times do they cut it, Tracy? It depends on where you live, what zone you live in. But guaranteed, you're going to, four times a day, you're going to suddenly be without power for two hours. At dinner time. 
You have power. You have vehicles. You have technology in the palm of your hand. You have social media. You have everything at your fingertips. There are no excuses for you to be successful. I hope I'm not hurting anybody's feelings. Say, there are no excuses. Say, I have zero excuses. And so the Lord is expanding you. I just sense it in my spirit. There's things that are breaking today. Every limitation is breaking. Mark chapter 4. This is the story about the farmer sowing the seed, taking God's word to others. Listen in verse 3. A farmer went out to plant some seed. He scattered across his field. Some seed fell on the footpath. Birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on the shallow soil, underlying rocks. Seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. Say, that's me. They sprouted, they grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with his 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him, what does the parable mean? And he replied, you're permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scripture might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they'll learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, if you cannot understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand the other parables? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. Say, I'm not hard ground. Satan doesn't steal anything from me. He wants to take the word from you. That's what he's after. Look at the person next to you and say, the enemy is after the word of God. Find somebody else and tell him, the enemy is after the word of God. He doesn't want that seed of the word planted in you, taking root and being established. He'll do anything to keep the word of God out of you. And you have to guard your heart and protect the word that's in your heart. Can you say amen? Say, not today, Satan. The seed that fell on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So problems and persecution are going to try and pull you away from the word of God. Say, I'm not going to let any problem or any persecution stop me from keeping the word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. 
Do you know that if you put corn in the ground today, you don't have, you don't have, uh, not millies, that's hilarious. You don't have corn cobs the next day. You don't get a harvest the next day, do you? Look at someone and tell them through faith and patience, you inherit the promise. It takes time for that seed to die, to get rooted, to sprout, to have a, to have a leaf, then a stalk, then a flower, then fruit is produced. And in the process of waiting for the harvest to come, people get impatient and they let the lure of wealth and the desire for other things pull them away. And then they don't receive anything from the Lord. Say the faithful man gets the reward. I tell you, over, over my life, I have discovered that faithfulness is the key to increase. Look at somebody and tell them faithfulness is the key to increase. It says the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Now the Lord has given us an assignment. The Lord has spoken wisdom to my wife and I. We heard what the Lord said, and then we obeyed what the Lord told us to do. That's how we live. Look at the person next to you and say, the way that we live is by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Tell him this is a year where we have access to abundance of God's wisdom. And we're going to receive the wisdom of God from the mouth of God, and we're going to do whatever the Lord tells us to do. Say, I will obey Him. That's how we live. We don't understand what's coming next. All we know is God said this. We say, yes, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And then we start walking towards it. And we trust God day by day to bring the increase. Can you say amen? And it comes over time. And so over the last 15 years that we've had here with our own ministry, what God has grown from the word that has been sown is only a 30-fold increase. Look at the person next to you say, we've just ended 30-fold on the seed that was sown. And we're moving into the 60-fold harvest. We're moving into this new season of increase, divine increase, into 60-fold. 30 to 60. And it's not by, we, Misty and I, just like when we started, we didn't know how, how things, where we, how we were going to get to what God told us. But day by day, we just did what we knew we had to do. We saw what was in our hand. We used the resources we had faithfully. We, we grew. If we, if we had to share rooms, no matter what we had to do, we did what we had to do. If it meant we had to give up our house, we'd give up a house. If it meant we gave up a car, we gave up a car. Whatever it cost, it didn't matter to get the job done. And we have watched God bring the increase. And this season, the Lord said to me that we're going to build in the nations. Look at the person next to you and say, we're building in the nations. 
That's this next season, what it's all about. What has been built is going to stay standing, but we're about to see increase in the nations. And if, if the Lord says you're going to build a national model, I'm like, you crazy, Jesus. Me? We're building a national model in the nation of Kenya that will be adopted by other nations in 10 years from now? It sounds far-fetched. It sounds impossible. But when you hold the seed in the ground and you keep declaring what God said and you don't give up on what God said and you just walk day by day trusting Him, 10 years from now, we're going to see that thing be fulfilled. Just like God crowned this year and fulfilled all His promises to me, I know in the next 10 years what God has said to me in the last few months will be fulfilled. And the things that God is going to say to you, has been saying to you, will be fulfilled also. Look at someone say there's divine increase coming on every side. And there's nothing that the devil can do to stop it. Nothing. You got to make a decision today that I am living wholeheartedly for God. That I will not let his word depart from my mouth. I will not let the enemy steal his word from my heart. Pastor Selena was saying, don't replace faith with complaining. Don't, with the minute you move into complaining, faith has been pulled out of your heart. You've become hopeless. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Now you're cursing your life. You're framing a new world for you to live in. And as, as Christians, we have to tend our garden every single day. Look at somebody and say, you better tend the garden. Pull out the weeds. I feel like I had a dream two nights ago or so. You know, you know when you wake up and you've got something and you don't know where it came from? Something happened. But I realize the power of words that take root in you. I am so aware of the power of words. And when they take root in your heart, it's all that comes out of your mouth. Pastor Selena said, we have to keep our eyes on God. How do you keep your eyes on God? You keep your eyes on what He said. Because God and His Word are one. You want to know how to stay in faith? Stay in the Word. I was talking to Anthony before service up here, and he's like, I want to get more in the Word, but, you know, I get up in the morning, we've got the kids, we've got to get to work, we've got the full day, and then we've got stuff at night, and at 10 o'clock I get to bed, I'm tired. Anybody know that? So I said, all you've got to do is you've got to keep your, your Scriptures with you. And during the day, every time you have a moment, you go back to the Word, and you're declaring it. Every time you think of it, you, you say it out of your mouth. When I see Pastor Chris or anybody around, I always tell him what the Lord is doing. We're taking nations. I'm constantly declaring what we're doing, where we're going, and what, what God's going to do. What I'm believing God for. We're talking faith all the time. We, 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 whenever God tells you to do something, it's always beyond your capacity and ability to do it. Isn't that right? And so that's what faith is all about. You have to trust God to see that impossible thing become a reality in your life. 
That's what the walk of faith is all about. If you'll just keep your eyes on the Word and keep trusting in the Lord, you'll see what He said become a reality in your life. It'll move from your heart to your hand. It'll become a reality. And this is what we live by. Do we have the ability to take a nation? Absolutely not. Not in my own strength. But because God said it, it's done. It's already done. I'm not trying to take it. It's already fulfilled. I just got to pick up the spoils on the way because the word already won. I said it last week when I was talking about the king and his kingdom. If you get into the presence of the almighty God, the king of kings, and he speaks one word to you, that word is already finished. It is a done deal. That's why you can rely and depend on God. And that's what gets me excited. And that's why I, I clear everything out of my heart and make sure that there's no, nothing separating me from the presence of God because I want to stay tuned in to what He has to say to me every single day. I don't have time to get offended with my brother-in-law, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my uncle-in-law. I don't know. I don't know why law. I'm sure there's a reason. Because you're legally married, so you're bound by the law. <laughs> you do not have time, family, to get offense in your heart. You don't have time to get all upset, let your emotions be triggered. Whatever you do, don't let any of these parties that are out there trying to bring division in the nation, don't side with anything that brings division. Stay away from that. Don't get into that fight. Amen? Let the fight go. Stop going to fight book and posting your opinions. We're coming into a political year, man. It's going to... It's going to go whirlwind out there. Don't get caught up in the craziness of what everybody's opinions are about, who their candidates are. Please stay focused on what God is saying. The next president doesn't hold your future in his hand. I don't care who is in the White House. we got God in this house, the Almighty God. And His Word will not fail. His Word will not return void. He watches over His Word to perform it. Even when there's famine in the land, I'll have a hundredfold blessing. We're not of this world. We're established and hooked up to another kingdom that is unshakable and will not fail. And if God says something, it's finished. I don't care who the president is. They cannot alter what God said. I don't care what the financial situation is. It doesn't alter what God said. And if you'll just believe Him and stand on what He says, you'll see what He said become a reality. And that's exciting. Because every day is an adventure to see some surprise as to what God is going to do next. Hallelujah. So I'm excited about 24 but I'm really going to miss 23. 
I really am. It was a really good year. And lots of people encouraged me today. It was fantastic. Anthony said to me, well, 23 is your favorite number, but 24 is your favorite psalm. All right, brother. I was like, that's, that's gold right there. What did you say, Danny? What did Danny say to me? 23 is my baseline. It's all up from there. See? That's why you've got to have godly friends around you. If I didn't have godly friends around me, they'd be like, yeah, 24 is going to be miserable. You can never beat 23. It's going to be a bad year for you. Yeah, it's going to be a bad year for me. That's miserable. You don't need those kinds of people in your life. You get rid of those people. Cheerio. See you later. Amen. So I'll close with this, and then we'll pray. I've got so much time left. But... I just want to say thank you to everyone here. You have um, surrendered your lives. You've decided to stand alongside Misty and I. You've decided to, to believe in the vision God has given us. Not only do you believe it, but you've put your hand to the plow. You've made a commitment to the Lord. And every success that we have as a ministry is our success. The kids we're reaching in Kenya, the, the club peers that we're launching, everything that we're doing to reach and equip this next generation, it's our victory as a body. Can you say amen? It's every, in, in the work of God, there are, there are parts, moving parts, and each and every one of you are a part of it in some way or another. And you might not have the big, the big screen in the apparatus. You might be a little cog in the background. But without that little cog, that whole thing falls apart. And so every person is needed from the smallest piece to the most vis you know, visual piece. From the hidden to what's on the front. You might not be on the front line flying to Africa in a couple of days. You might not be on the ground having to do that. But financially, and your prayers, and your support, and your belief, and standing with us, as a team, we can take territory. Amen. Amen? And I am very thankful that I get to be part of Pure. That God has put us here. That God has surrounded us by amazing family. Amen? And so, I just want to say thank you for being here with us. And we're praying for you. And we're believing Everything that I'm preaching, everything that's happening in our lives is happening in your lives too. And you will only know the goodness and the blessing of God in 2024. If we stay focused on what He's telling us to do, we stand on His Word, we make sure that our hearts stay right at home and our hearts stay right here. The enemy would love to bring division in this house. He'd love to get us fighting one another over silly stuff. Because if we're quarreling with one another and we're divided in our hearts against one another, how can we work together to impact anything outside of here? It's only because we have unity in this house that we're able to do what we're doing in the nations. 
If we had a bunch of people in this place that were fighting for a position, it'd be chaos in here. But we're not fighting for a position. Because we're family. There's none of that stuff. We all lay down our lives to serve one another. It's a different model. Can you say amen? And um, so I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for all the support, all the prayers, all the finances. For showing up every week. For being open and honest with God. For not being fake Christians. Thank you for not being fake. Rolling in here with a mask on, acting holier than thou, that you're better than anybody else. I'm glad that we have a real family. That we're genuine. That we all understand that we're in process. That God is working in all of us. That we're constantly encouraging one another and helping one another, lifting one another up. You know, and if there's, if there's some a miscommunication that happens and you're starting to feel like, uh, and the enemy wants to pull you out, you need to go to the person and talk to them face to face. That's the quickest way to clear it up. And you don't go there with guns blazing. You just say, hey, I'm really hurt. I heard this or this happened. Can we talk about it so we can work, you can help me work through it? Because I don't want our relationship to be broken. And if we can do that as a family and we can apologize when we're wrong and, and we can, we can uh, help those that are weak and we can truly be humble, we can do some amazing things together. Amen? Look at the person next to you tell them, you're amazing. You're fantastic. Man, you're epic. Woo, sir. We love you, Brother Tonka. So tonight, we love you, Brother Tonka. <laughs> so tonight, we're having a party. We're going to celebrate all the good things of this year. Um, we're going to have a big bonfire outside. It's going to be cold. It's going to be perfect for a fire. Right? And we got like a trailer full of wood. So bring your uh, Christmas trees that are real if you're getting rid of them. We can burn those for you if you like. Then bring a covered dish tonight. You know, bring some snacks and bring something. We've got, we've got drinks and waters and some cranberry something and some drinks that we'll be sharing and then do we have any guys bringing their grills and their meat? Who's, who's grilling tonight? Nemo and me. We're the only two, bro. So what we do every year is Nemo likes to cook picanha. Put on the fire. It's just meat. It's a fancy word for meat. And then he salt bays it, baby. Chamblay. Comes straight off the grill. And it's it's fantastic. Everybody just gets a piece. And then I've got like, I've got a myriad of shrimp that are being baptized in curry, curry shrimp. They're going to be fantastic over the fire. So bring some, bring some snacks and come out. We're going to celebrate tonight.
We're going to have communion tonight. At 11 o'clock, we're going to come in here, maybe earlier, depending on the weather. And this, um, we're going to praise, we're going to pray, we're going to have communion, and we're going to break the new year just celebrating the Lord. Amen. Getting a fresh anointing for 2024 and um, just trusting the Lord for everything that He wants to do. Amen. So stand with me this morning or this afternoon, this evening. Nothing is impossible with the Lord. I, I don't have any special skills. I graduated high school. Just barely. Hated school. I was always behind. Struggled through school. It was bad. Like Michael Jackson. It felt like prison. That's how it was for me. I was made to go there. Otherwise, I get beaten. It was, so pre- it was so much pressure. I wasn't happy at school, guys. I couldn't have long hair. I couldn't wear normal clothing. I'm looking at American kids. They can wear their hair anywhere they want to. They could wear whatever clothing they want. I had to wear a uniform with a tie and a blazer. My hair couldn't touch my eyebrows, my ears, or my collar. My shirt had to be tucked in, and my shoes had to be shined. Now, that's public school. And in my day, the principal could still whip you. (laughs) Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. I I didn't go to the principal's office enough times, but he had different weapons on the wall. He had sticks. He had bats. He had tennis rackets. He had all kinds of canes and all kinds of things. And then, you know, if you had to go to the principal's office and it was a Friday where you messed up, like I got into a fight, I helped a kid that was being bullied and then got into a fight, and then I got sent to the principal's office. That ain't right. I was just trying to help the little dude. So they told me, come back on Monday. So you got to wait for your whipping all weekend. That terror of having to go to school on Monday, and you know that is worse than the whipping itself. Just give it to me now so that it can be over. Don't torment me on top of it. See, that's the kind of stuff I had to deal with at school. Torment. But look at me now. So I said all that to say this, that it doesn't matter how you start. When you find God, everything changes. And everything turns around. Amen? And so you, you might be saying, man, I feel like... I don't know where I am. I don't know if my life's on the right direction. I don't know if it's going to work out. You've got fears for today, worries for tomorrow. If you'll just make the decision to give your life to God and trust Him, He's going to work all of it out. 
You just have to stay faithful. You just have to keep following Him. You just got to run after Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if you'll do that, I'm telling you right now, whatever you put in God's hand, He'll turn around. You put money in God's hand, He'll multiply it. You put your life in God's hand, He'll bless it. You put your family in God's hand, God will turn them around. Whatever you give to God, He blesses. And God wants you to give Him your life. Precious than you, I can't help but lift up your name. You are the way, the truth.